Welcome back to another episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. We've got a fantastic one planned today. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and a little bit sentimental as well, especially because this will be the last time presumably for a while we'll be talking about Bad Batch. And of course, we'll be starting off with our, our usual Mando talk. It's going to be a great one. Lots and lots to cover. When I say lots, I mean lots. There's a lot that happened in these two episodes, but... Uh, before we get into it, it's great to have y'all here. My name is Ben. And, of course, I am Joey. And uh, we, of course, are huge Star Wars fans, and we appreciate each and every single one of you being here, and especially want to give a a thank you to everyone who's subscribed uh, to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, definitely consider doing that. And also want to give that special thank you because we uh, just passed the 100 subscriber milestone. Yeah, finally. Let's go. Nice. Thank nice. y'all for uh, 100 subscribers over on the YouTube channel. Much we're, one, we're, we're 101, actually. So we're 101 on now. Yeah. Already uh, 1% of the way towards 200. Is that how that works? I don't, I don't know. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you all uh, for all the love and support on the channel. And speaking of YouTube, if you haven't checked out our reaction to the Bad Batch finale, which was uh, two episodes, not just one, head on over to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel if you're not already watching the video format of this uh, and check out that video as well. And remember, as always, you can tweet at us at Hoth Hangout or email us hothhangout at gmail.com with any uh, thoughts or questions you may have Star Wars related. Or otherwise, we'll uh, we'll take we'll take them all. So, uh, well, to start off today, um, we're gonna we're gonna hop right in with the Mando stuff. I think, um, maybe perhaps before we even get into the Mando stuff, I think just a general comparison between Mando and Bad Batch. And again, it, it might be unfair. There was a few weeks ago where we said like, was the Bad Batch episode better than the Mando episode? And I think it genuinely was that week. This week, it might be a bit unfair to compare because you kind of expect a lot from the finale. Uh, I think I maybe preferred the Bad Batch this week. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would, would maybe be of that same opinion. Uh, well, I don't know. What did you think before we get into the Mando stuff? I mean, I think it, it's definitely... It's hard to compare, like you said. It's the finale. It is actually you know the end of the season so it's gonna come come you know all you know guns blazing really and bad batch really for those who haven't watched it yet <laughs> you're you're in for a ride and uh where the mandalorian episode was very much a middle of the season type of episode so um to to, to compare them just because we have in the fa- past few weeks um, yeah, I would definitely give the hand to the Bad Batch because again, it was the finale and it, it, it was a, it was a tearjerker. I'll tell you that much right now. It definitely was, especially that, that, uh, final episode because it was two episodes there at the end. The, the one prior to it, uh, prior to the finale, the penultimate episode was like, whoa, and the finale was like my heart. <laughs> right. Uh, but not to get into Bad Batch too much already. We'll circle back around to that uh, here in a bit. Uh, and yep. additionally, we have a fun little quiz that we're both going to take at the end as part of the Bad Batch segment. So uh, stick around for that portion as well. But when it comes to Mando, while I didn't particularly, I, I didn't dislike this week's episode. I loved it actually. Um, just 
didn't feel like it was quite as strong as the Bad Batch episode. And I think the Mando episode sort of course corrected for some of the criticisms that I know I had from some of the previous episodes where I, I wasn't really clear on the direction of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Like like from where we were from point A to where we uh, got to point B, maybe at the end of like uh, chapter four, uh, this past episode was chapter five. I was like, okay, I'm still not really sure where we're going, but I'm enjoying the show. Yeah, I think the the focus of Mando seems to me like it's kind of gearing more towards uh like the whole Moff Gideon thing, and so at some point, judging from last week's episode as well, uh, with you know the the huge segment that didn't take place focusing on the Mandalorians, there's presumably going to be this connection in in the because we only have three more episodes this season. At some point in the next three episodes of the connection between, uh, you know, where is Moff Gideon and, uh, you know, everything that went on in last week's episode. But when it comes to Moff Gideon, the reason I'm bringing all this up is the key piece of information we got from this week's episode was that the Mandalorians, at least it would seem, were responsible for breaking him out. What did you think about that? That was a shock to me. I mean, when... I, I mean, I thought the end of the episode was going to be uh, where Bo-Katan had her helmet off in front of all the other Mandalorians mm-hmm. and kind of paving this new way. Um, you know, when they say this is the way, I mean, this is the new way. You know, this is what I was thinking. Yeah. Is, you know, we're going to have Bo-Katan try to reunite all Mandalorians across the universe now, whether helmeted, unhelmeted. <laughs> um they walk the way, they don't walk the way, and that was that was going to be the point of the episode. And I, up until that point, I was fine with it because I know that there are there is a huge fan base for just Mandalorians in general. I think this was their episode. I think this was the time they were able to shine. Uh, they got their um, their respect. Um, Grief Karga even gave them land on Navarro. Yeah. Um, after but I don't know if they're going to take it, help. it, sounds like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They so are, I, but like they still want to go back to get Mandalore. Right, right. So, but, yeah, and, and I liked, I really liked Reef Karga. I think he was the one that was saying, like, you may not have a planet, but you have a home. You know, so there was mm-hmm. there's some good good moments here. So when we kind of left it at that, I thought, you know, this is, it may, and it put a lot of emphasis on Bo-Katan uh, once again. Yeah. Not so much on Din Djarin. Uh, he was he was more of a, you know, she was more of the leader, and he was you know a person that was you know being led by her, which yeah. again I'm I'm completely fine with. She she has the war experience. She she knows how to, and they completely respect her in that in that manner. Um, so much, in fact, the armorer who seems to be like the overall general leader of the Mandalorians. Um, seems like that she is the one she has kind of breaking away from tradition, giving Bo Katan yeah. a shot at, you know, reuniting all of the Mandalorians across the universe. So I thought, you know, this is gonna be great. And then <laughs> they throw this curveball with, you know, the the Moff Gideon part uh of possibly, you know, allegedly the Mandalorians, because they found the best car steal there. That was embedded in, and part of me is like, Mandalorians aren't gonna leave 
a piece yeah, of Beskar it feels metal. like it was planted yeah yeah i feel i feel there's a plant there you know so i i where i can understand that you know that's maybe where they want to put us they want us to believe that you can't tell me a Man- mandalorians are just going to be like whoops forgot my shield <laughs> you know like as much as they they cherish the their best car right there's no way they're leaving it there so um so that's like my theory on it is yes it was there but no i i can't imagine any you see how serious these mandalorians are <laughs> just about anything um it it kind of it it it's kind of drags on me a little bit you know cuz i'm just like okay this is the way and you know whatever <laughs> 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 And we talked we talked a little bit about that last episode. You're yeah. Just like, yeah. Uh, when, whenever they just want to stop the conversation, like, oh, this is the way. This is the way. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think with as serious as they are about their religion, about their their world, their culture, I, I find it very hard to believe that, um, one, that they would be a part of that, and two, they would just be so um, careless with a little bit of Beskar. So I, th- I think it's a plant, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of speaking to what you mentioned about the armor, it, it, I think that was maybe the most surprising part of the episode when she said to Bo, um, like, take your helmet off. Cause like there has been such this, literally there was three episodes of this show. It, like mm-hmm. the first three episodes of this season, where if you think about it, nothing like really impactful happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, well, I feel like the Mythosaur stuff is going to come back to be impactful. Yeah. But if you're talking about the main plot of the first three episodes, it was Din Djarin wanting to become a Mandalorian, learning that he needs to go to the Living Waters, taking the Living Waters to the Armorer, and then the Armorer like, reinstituting Din as a member of the Mandalorians. And now like the Armorer is just saying to Bo, like, Nah, take your helmet off. I mean, I understand the symbolism, don't get me wrong. And I think it's cool mm-hmm. that the armor is coming from this point of view of, like, you're going to be the one that unites all the lost Mandalorians, per se, because you... It's almost like... um, It's almost in a way, I view... I kind of view it the way, like, people in the middle of the aisle politically are. Like, sometimes those are the people to kind of, like, reach out mm-hmm. to, like, both sides if you're in, like, a two-party government. Uh, like Bo feels like the person in the middle, sort of, who is going mm-hmm. to be able to have now, uh, having spent time with the very traditional Mandalorians, be able to like join them to maybe these outcast Mandalorians. Who, mm-hmm. with the way the show is projecting, it seems like we're gonna get to meet more, you know, stranded outcast Mandalorians at some point. Hopefully this season. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I just I really liked the symbolism the symbolism of it. It, but it still felt surprising that the armorer had such kind of this the shift in tone of nope, right. no helmets off, and and like oh right. well yeah you can take your helmet off because you're gonna be the one that right. unites us, and that also begs the question how much of that decision was based upon Bo telling the armorer about the mythosaur, like right. I, I think I think the armorer also sees Bo as more than just a strong warrior. Like I think the armorer views Bo as perhaps the person i mean she does view bo as the person who's going to unite all mandalorians right which feels prophetic in some way because of the mythosaur thing yeah and it's more and more this season of the mandalorian is not about dinjarin it's about the the last two episodes have hardly been at all right 
Yeah. Right. He's he's pulling a Boba Fett on this is what's happening here. <laughs> um so I I think it's I think it's very interesting that they're kind of going in this way. Um as this you and I know, Bo- this is the- <laughs> ah. Got him. Um as you as you know, you know, Bo-Katan was a pretty big figure in the Clone Wars and for her to for her to make the leap over to live action and have such a huge impact. Mm-hmm. I, this is pretty cool. This is cool stuff. And speaking of crossovers, <laughs> of people coming in from other series, animated series, maybe. Yes. Do you, did we do we have anything to mention about before today? before we mention because and if you've seen the episode and if you've seen Star Wars Rebels, you know what Joey is about to say. But you should tell the story before we talk about this of how you accidentally had this spoiled for you. Because I didn't. Okay, okay. I okay. avoided, so Joey had it spoiled, and I avoided Twitter like the plague after Joey told me he had it spoiled for him. So so last night after we recorded our live reaction, by the way, it's on YouTube, for um, the, the season finale of Bad Batch, uh, it was pretty late. I, as, as you can see, I'm not in my normal setting. I'm actually uh, on vacation in California. In my uh, my wife's uh, my wife's family's house, um, and so it was pretty late for us to also do a reaction video for the Mandalorian. So while we were uh, doing some post um, post uh, live reaction stuff for the Bad Batch, I started watching the Mandalorian, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna start watching it. And then Ben and I had started talking about something, so I paused that and I kind of jump on Twitter like you do, and. I'm looking, and there is a there is a trending topic says hashtag rebels, and just it's it's late <laughs> here, so <laughs> it's I'm late click here. It. I'm gonna click it. First thing it says, and and here here's the dumb part. It even says Mandalorian spoilers below, and it even <laughs> goes dot dot. So I I actively read it. I see the dots. I keep scrolling. And then I see a beautiful face in live action, our good friend Zeb from from Rebels. He and looks really good, by the way. It, it, it looked amazing. Are you kidding me? And I think that's Steve Bloom's yeah, same um, guy voice. who plays did, the voice actor. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, look at the credits, but I assumed it was him. So it looks like he is one of the higher-ups in the Rangers. I, I, I didn't catch the name Alfie Rangers or something like this. Yeah, it was that blue, um, like light blue rebel flag. There was a couple of them in that scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, another shout out to the Captain Carson is back. Uh, one of my favorites of uh, the Mandalorian, who is also um, uh, one of the leads in one of my favorite uh, shows on Netflix, Kim's Convenience. Um, so he uh, uh, he makes an appearance again, a pretty big part actually. He comes mm-hmm. in and. Uh, finds out that Grief Karga and uh, the planet of Navarro is under attack by the pirates. Is Carson, Carson he, is his first name, right? Carson is the first name. I think it's, is it Teva? Yeah, yeah, Teva? that's what I was thinking of. Teva, you said yeah, Carson, yeah. and I was like, wait, who's that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah same. Carson, okay, Teva, same yeah, guy, yeah. same guy. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he actually goes over to the Mandalorians and 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 recruits them to basically. Uh, handle the situation in Navarro because he knows that Din Djarin and Grief Karga are, are, are buddies. And 
then he kind of takes off and he uses R5 as the little little uh spy in there in the Mandalorian cuz <laughs> obviously the Mandalorians don't want anybody to know what's going on with them or where they are but here comes Cap you just coming in like hey I got somebody in your camp, sorry. And then R5 comes out, like, ah, R5, you little stinker. I was waiting um, for it to be a Mandalorian, and then it was it was a droid. <laughs> yeah, it was a droid. Um, so, you know, I was happy to see uh, Captain uh, Captain Carson back in. But, but yeah, I th- yeah. So, I mean, for all, for, all, for all of that, I think, you know, seeing Zeb was amazing. I was, But, yeah, like, let's get back to that. I mean, he looked really good. Um, really good. It, I can't wait for more Rebels. Because you know what's happening. You know, you know we're gonna see a Hera. We're gonna see a Sabine. We're gonna see, you know, Ahsoka again, of course. And yeah, it's gonna be. It was very cool to see that. And I was, I was so mad that I got spoiled by it. But, um, <laughs> but after that, I told Ben, Ben, do not look at Twitter. Do not click on any so, trending. So the follow up to that is the whole episode. I'm watching like, okay, what's the thing that Joey had spoiled for himself? And I'm like waiting for something big to happen, and uh, and then so like obviously Zeb comes on the screen. I'm like, oh that yo, that's awesome, uh, and and, and I thought that was really cool. Don't get me wrong, yeah, right. but the whole time I'm thinking like, like that was the thing, right? That was the thing, yeah, wasn't yeah, right, it? Right. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe there's even a bigger thing that Joey saw. <laughs> so but I messed I, with you. I messed with yeah, you. yeah. But also to speak to like the just. I guess the the cool factor of having someone from Rebels uh, be incorporated into live action for, I mean, an original Rebels character incorporated into live action for the first time, I think. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Because we've had, you know, we've had other Rebels characters in other animated, like like Hera, for example. But I think this is the first Rebels character to cross over into live action. Yeah. Basically, this is just like dangling the little like carrot in front of our face. Like, look, we put Zeb, and but like deep down, we're like, man, we want to see like Ezra. Oh, we, I guess we saw Kanan. I, well, that was it, animated, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, but like, I want to see like some live action Hera. I want to see some live yeah. action Sabine. You know, because because you could argue Zeb is the most difficult to put on live action, right? Uh-huh. Out of the 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 Ghost Crew. Oh, I would easily argue yeah. that. Yeah. So and they absolutely nailed it. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. oh, I cannot wait until until the entire Ghost Crew comes back or however they're going to do it. And and you know we've mentioned the interweavings of all of these um, shows and animated shows and comics and all that. I feel I kind I kind of feel bad that there are people out there that have no idea what we're talking about. You know, like, like, like why are they so excited about this, this dude that came in and had like three lines or whatever, you know, (laughs) but, but we are so excited and we're, we're so, you know, cause I, I have, uh, my sister-in-law, she's like in the Mandalorian, you know, whatever. Um, because she loves, you know, she loves, she likes star Wars, but she's not into the, all the animated stuff. So when we talk about it tomorrow, I'm sure we'll talk about tomorrow. I'm going to be like, oh, did you see this? And they're like, oh, yeah. And you know, she has no idea who the guy is. And I'm going to be like, oh, you need to watch that too. You know, so. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, it, it just makes that enjoyment a little, just a, even a little bit better for all of us who have, who have watched all of the content. Yeah. Um, one other thing, not, not to move straight on from Zeb. Maybe I'll just wrap up that by saying uh, the Zeb thing was probably, probably the most unexpected expected part about the episode in a, in a like me. really yeah yeah 
in a really <laughs> like awesome surprising way and i'm yeah. i'm hopeful for the future maybe sabine will have, will be like one of these like stray mandalorian people i kept, they go I kept listening really hard to all of the mandalorians speak i'm like is she here already is she here know? right now yeah yeah you're right you know <laughs> yeah no that could be uh, the other thing i wanted to touch on and and this is kind of just a random thought i had at, after watching the episode but it ties into what we were talking about earlier about how um it feels like like bo has almost become more central than din Djarin is now Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, but especially the last two episodes, it feels that way. Do you think there is a psychological human element to the fact that we quickly adapt to characters who more quickly adapt to characters, perhaps when we can see their faces? Because we can't see, we ha- you know, for the majority of the show, we haven't seen Mando's face. Right. Do you think there's something to that that it feels like? And almost the, the opposite might be true in that we, perhaps we were more easy to forget about Din Djarin because we don't see his right. face. I don't right. know. Just a thought I had and, and it made me, made me curious. Well, I mean, there, there have been discussions about how, you know, how a person could be behind the helmet and be as effective in comparison mm-hmm. to somebody who is not. You could see feelings. I will say, though, Whoever direct you know directs these Mandalorians do a pretty good job at um, showing emotion, emotion without yeah, even the faces even showing, without yeah. the faces you know and and very distinct features on them like I, I think of like a Paz Vizla and yeah. how they you can almost picture themselves. his face without ever yeah. actually having seen his face right right or even even the way Bo-Katan walks when she has her helmet on she yeah. has like kind of shoulders back you know very you know, prestigious. I, I, so I, I think they they do a really good job at figuring out how to, you know, still show that emotion. So I, yeah. I mean, I enjoy that for sure. Um, another part of this episode that I realized we kind of glazed over was the whole the whole pirate piece, which was actually the name of the episode too, the pirate. Um, what do you think about that? The the pirate portion. I I didn't feel strongly about it. I guess I'll. I can tell you what I thought it was. So, so you uh, accidentally having a, a portion of the episode spoiled for you, and me starting the episode, seeing it's called the pirate. I'm like, oh, Hondo's gonna be in this episode, <laughs> and so the whole oh, time wow. I'm just waiting for Hondo to show. Up. Oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> I I I think the, I mean that that whole plot line kind of went pretty quickly throughout this season. You know, we had the first episode or second episode, whenever it was, you saw the pirates come in, cause some, cause some havoc. And now they're back and now they're gone. You know, like, like there, there, yeah. there isn't a lot of investment. I, I never saw them as a threat, you know, right. um, it's kind of really, uh, a, a old captain story. Mossbeard or whatever his yeah, name right. was. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I called him captain Mossbeard. Mossbeard. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, th- they were there as, you know, something for the Mandalorians to come and prove their worth on Navarro to me, you know. Um, and that was it. I mean, that, like I said, they, they never really... I mean, I, I thought the, all of the aliens that he used were cool. I think there was a Trandoshian in there. Yep. Um, and I forgot the squid-looking uh, alien, but... Um, Mon Calamari? Yeah, was it a Mon Calamari? Is that what the... 
I don't know. You said squid looking, yeah. so I just <laughs> <laughs> you just went for that. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Like I don't know. Either way, um, I mean, so in those effects, I think they were pretty cool. But um, as as a storyline, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're not going to make it out. Like I said, the pirates are never a threat. Um, if it, if anything, they were used to show how how effective Bo-Katan and her her war skills are um and is able and because they had a really good plan you know and to see it executed ex- and here here is one thing i was a little bit shocked at is normally whenever you come up with a plan like a war like you know going into battle something normally goes wrong <laughs> you know where they have to like adapt nothing really went wrong in this one it was like it was kind of like Step by step, exactly what they wanted yeah. to do, and they were done. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's that's how effective she is. I, I mean, I don't know, but um, and and one thing that I did want to mention was, does Bo-Katan really want to be a part of all of this still? Like yeah. she was, I mean, going into the season, she had her big throne where she said, oh, "This and that," you know, I don't agree with any of this, and then all of a sudden she is leading this crew the leading right. the mandalorians uh, within like two or three episodes i i don't know i uh, that's one thing that i would question is if is that for real is she actually buying into all of this um and you know now that she has her helmet off now she could be a little bit more in her element maybe that brings her towards it uh, you know towards helping them out a little bit more but i i don't know what do you think yeah, I think that's kind of a fair criticism of this whole season. It feels like a lot of the times... A bow is, a, is probably the best example of this, but lots of different examples where like a character or group of characters uh, come to a conclusion on a decision, and you as the viewer are kind of like, but why do they really like need to do that? Or like, what is... Like, what is really, is the driving force behind that decision strong enough to actually make that decision? Mm-hmm. I think for me, what an example of that this episode was when, um, what's his name, Paz Vizla stood up and, like, made this, like, really emphatic mm-hmm. speech, which it was great, don't get me wrong, and it, and it kind of it signified the importance of, of Din Djarin saving his son in the previous episode. Right. Uh, but it felt more like a, like uh like the outcome of the justification of saving of Dinjar and saving his son rather than like you know and then like all the other Mandalorians just kind of feel like chess pieces at that point. Like yeah, yeah. well, if Paz says yeah, then I guess right, we're all yeah. going. You know, it's kinda right, like which right, okay, I yeah. get it. They're not the main characters. They're, they don't even have names, yeah, yeah. most of them, but Man one, uh, man two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think and then again, the the best the best example of that as a viewer thinking, why are they still like, why do they care so much? It is Bo, I think, what, what you were saying. Because we, when we met her in the first or second episode, I think it was the first episode, she was sitting high and mighty on her throne, just like, I'm, yeah. I'm sulking. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the world, you know. Our home planet's gone. And like three episodes later, she's, she is the, <laughs> seemingly the central figure of the season, trying to... Uh, if she does what the armorer is asking her to do, you know, combine all the Mandalorians to retake the homeworld of Mandalore, which we still don't have a ton of information why that is so important, other than there's mm-hmm. this mythosaur that might exist underwater on the planet. 
but there's not really any indication that that ties into the Gideon piece necessarily, other than the fact that we now know that Beskar was found on the ship where he was being transported. So it all feels very fuzzy right now as to where we're headed. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of a side tangent there, but yeah, Yeah. that's kind of how I, how I see the the character decision-making this season. Not, not like a whole, not, not fully understanding some of it. Mm -hmm. Feel like we have to take a, a jump sometimes as a viewer to be like, okay, I guess I could see that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know if it's like, is this the first time you really see, you know, the difference of directors in each of these episodes not mm-hmm. completely, you know, getting their story straight? I mean, I don't know if that's if I would go as far as that, but you know, I it just it just both from. Episode one to here is just a completely different Mandalorian at this point. I mean, she is a she is a Mandalorian, you know, by by right. you know by the definition. And now she's basically created a new kind of Mandalorian with you know. So it's just um, it's yeah. I'm I'm waiting to see. You know, we got three episodes, so hopefully they could uh, wrap that up. Next week's episode, by the way, is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who I think has done an oh. episode. Or maybe even multiple episodes. I I, I mm-hmm. think I'm pretty sure she's directed episodes in both seasons one and two. Um, so mm-hmm. her return to directing actually the first six episodes of of the season. So six of the eight episodes are all directed by different people. Kind of an mm-hmm. interesting thing. Uh, but then the the final two episodes are both directed by uh, Rick. Kamuyiwa? I don't know if that's yeah. how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, he also he, did the he directed first an earlier one. Yeah, the first episode, yeah. right? Yeah, of season three, I should say. Yeah. So, um, any more thoughts on the Mando episode as a whole, or perhaps what you would rate it before we move on to the Bad Batch stuff? I mean, it was it, it, definitely exciting. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I think this was definitely for the hardcore Mandalorian fans. This was, they, we threw in a rebels cameo, which I think was huge. Um, and it, 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 it left a question. It le- it gave us a cliffhanger with, you know, obviously we know Moff Gideon didn't make it to, you know, the, wherever he was heading for the, for the, uh, new empire, not new empire, new, new Republic. And whoops, that was a slip there, wasn't it? But, um, <laughs> the, Freudian the, uh, slip. New, <laughs> right you're the uh, evil the, one the, the, yeah, it <laughs> happened we, we knew it would happen um the so we, we didn't see where he ended up but we know he's free and his storyline is going to come back i'm sure in the next few episodes so um as far as a rating i mean i'd probably give it a solid b i was i was happy with it i was it was it was a fun episode it gave me a lot of the um the little things they needed for it to be good i mean the the, the mandalorian scenes were really cool so i i really did yeah. enjoy those um with as and there there are some questions now with Bo-Katan like exactly how she's going to do what their armor wants her to do so there are things still left to be done so um which I always want in a mid-season type of episode that, you know so hopefully we we continue on with those kind of storylines and th- cuz this would be a bad time to drop another like just start of a storyline <laughs> we need to start yes. wrapping up exactly what's going on um that what we've seen we need to see, and I mean, Grogu was hardly in this one, <laughs> so um, yeah, we need to figure out, you know, lines. Right, exactly. So I don't. He probably had maybe one coup. I mean, you know, that's not a lot, <laughs> you know. Yeah. For, um. So 
I, I want to see, hopefully, there's a little bit more development around him. But, I mean, I think we're leaning really heavily now on Moff Gideon and on uh, Bo-Katan. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But, yeah, I give it a solid B. Yeah, I feel like that's a fair grade. Uh, I think I'd be inclined to go a little bit higher if it weren't for the pirate stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The pirate stuff, I just, I was like, okay. I mean, to be fair, the Mandalorian portions of that were cool. But you, I think you said it well earlier and that it did never feel like the pirates really posed any threat. Um, You know, like, you know, they, they started shooting at the town and everyone just ran off. Then the Mandalorians came in and it was like, boom, 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 boom. We'll be seeing you later. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I didn't dislike the episode at all. I, I, I loved all the Mandalorian stuff, but it was like the pirate stuff in particular that brought it down a little bit. I'm trying to decide if I want to agree with you as a B or go B minus. Um, just based on the fact that I feel in a more positive state of mind at the end of this one than I did at the end of the fourth episode. I think I will say B as well. So I'll I'll go uh we'll go double double B ratings for, for this episode. It is crazy there's only three more though. I just wish these yeah. seasons were longer. And then we're gonna have to yeah, wait like another year for the next yeah, season. Yeah, year and a half. And and they can't, you know, where they have these bad batch episodes that are like sixteen of them. I'm like, can we have a little bit less? And you know, they can't. Yeah. They can't like just have everything at like ten to twelve or something. I think that would be perfect for for a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. Especially that episode was that last week's where it was like thirty minutes or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that runtime and we were like, "Are you kidding me? Like, give me at least forty five minutes, man." Right. Right. Anyways, hope the runtimes for the last three are. A little bit longer than that. Um, the next three, last three episodes of this season of Mandalorian debut on April 5th, April 12th, and April 19th, respectively. Uh, the season finale is about, what would that be, nine days before the release of Jedi Survivor. Oh, nice. So um, officially, by the way, side note, officially less than one month until the release of that. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the last three. I, I want more answers as to all the Gideon stuff. And and um, we didn't get to see any of the Doctor this episode, who was locked oh, up right. in the last episode. So. Well, he's he's writing his, net TED, his next TED Talks, so he's, he's a little busy. <laughs> yeah, he's it, from his cell. <laughs> from his cell, that's right. Yeah, he's like, well, what I did in the cell, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. Not only did we have a pretty great Mandalorian episode, but we also, what I would say was a spectacular end to the second season of Bad Batch. Um, and something that while we were watching during our live reaction, I think I also made the comment to you that I, I think I could see this show going like three or four more seasons. Whereas like two weeks ago, I would have said, no way, maybe one more season. Uh, just by the way that, that the uh, second season of Bad Batch ended, um, there was a pretty clear dichotomy between the two episodes, I thought. The the Pentultimate episode, episode 15 of this season, was called The Summit, and we got to see Tarkin, so that was pretty cool, which was a little bit spoiled for all of us just in the thumbnail of the episode. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess you can just, like, not let it be a surprise for us. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but we also got to see at that same table... 
I don't think we realized it until more than halfway through the episode, though, until they said his name, Krennic. So that's another um, live action to animated transition of a character. So that was pretty cool getting to see him on the the animated side for the first time. Uh, But then, of course, the more somber tone of the final episode. And uh, if you happen to be listening to this and for whatever reason you haven't seen that, uh, big spoiler alert here in the next five seconds. But uh, we we lost our our good friend Tech, presumably, not a hundred percent, I guess. But it is Star Wars after all. Yeah, I, and I said as well. This felt like maybe the saddest moment in Star Wars history. <laughs> I I don't right. feel like that's hyperbole to say this was. This felt to me, I I don't know, maybe even more sad than Anakin killing younglings. Dare I say? <laughs> Well, that's not more sad. That's just tragic. That's, that's yeah, just, yeah. Maybe yeah, than yeah. Shmi like dying in Anakin's yeah, arms. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And if you if you, you got to go watch our live reaction <laughs> because there is there are moments where both Ben and I are just like, wait, this isn't actually going to happen. You're not. So they're going to save him, right? Voice. They're yeah, still going right. to save him, right? <laughs> right. Um. But. And one of his last lines is my favorite, presumably last lines, uh, when he says, when do we ever follow orders? And I'm like, oh. And here's the thing is that that's kind of a great last line. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it runs contrary or, to the whole crosshair th- theme right. of good soldiers follow orders. Yeah, right. So part of me is like, I, with that last line, you kind of, you kind of got to let him go. You know, if if that's truly it, you know, and later on we find out that, um, is it Hemlock that has his goggles at the end there? Yeah. yeah. So he, when they finally catch up with Hunter and Wrecker, um, and they've got Wrecker kind of tied up and um, restrained, uh, Hemlock throws his go- uh, text goggles at <laughs> at um Hunter. Yeah, and if you remember dark. from the library. From the live reaction video, I say, shoot him. Shoot him right now. <laughs> like, go go crosshair on him right now and shoot him. You know, shoot him in the face. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough. And to what you're saying about one of the saddest moments in Star Wars history, like, that we've seen. Because we, one, I mean, it happens in front of Omega. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the tougher parts. I, I mean, I think, you know, I think you and I both have had you know, watching the, you know, her grow up in the past couple of seasons have really connected with her and connected with, with this crew. And, you know, and this is what you want from your star Wars. You want to be able to care for these characters. You want to be able to, you know, um, and especially with Omega, you know, this was her real family. You know, this is her real shot at actually having a family, even, even, um, Hunter was saying, you know, we can go, we can run away, we can just, you know, run away from all this and go back to that. What was that planet? Pabu? Was uh, that, Pabu. Was that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, Pabu, Pabu, Pabu Frick. Um, <laughs> we we can go run back, run back, and just, just live there, and that's what we plan to do. Um, but of course, our I don't, and here, and we mentioned this too. I don't know why they go back to Sid <laughs> to re, yeah, re that makes I didn't no really get that. sense. I mean, for for as much time as they try to separate themselves from her, all of a sudden to go back to her after 
you know, escaping all. I, 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 so I think there was something wrong there. I think there's definitely they could have gone back to Pabu, honestly. You know, <laughs> they probably could have just done that and they would have been fine. So they, um, I don't know. I, so there's some questions there, but going back to the importance of tech to the crew, I mean, you know, he was part of the family, you know, and he's, he was definitely, they were a well-oiled machine with him and to have him gone now is going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. And one thing I do appreciate is that they, they kind of gave each of the bad batch their moment of, you know, processing his lot, the loss. You saw Echo kind of just sitting there in his chair, just sighing and just laying back. You see, um, Hunter and Omega trying to get through it. I mean, I think I saw Wrecker even, uh, you know, shed a tear for him and, you know, and, but it's just, uh, so they did a really good job, but you know, it, this isn't just a soldier. This isn't just a, a nameless clone. This is their brother. This was somebody that they really cared for. And, um, you know, this is how they got to get through it together. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Sid had to go and, and ruin everything. And man, I'm, I'm, if we, if we weren't Sid fans before, which we weren't, we're, we're Sid haters now. <laughs> For sure. I, I honestly thought that, and I think it could still happen. I think Sid could come back as a character who helps them in the future. Because uh, she, she just, the way her demeanor felt like she was just overcome with guilt when she was turning them over to the Empire. So that could be a future ally, even though she betrayed them in, in the season finale. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss Tech. Uh, and, and there was definitely some foreshadowing in this episode where he and Fee, when they were saying bye to one another, um, in their very, like, awkward and and yeah. geeky and uncomfortable way you right. know basically her saying to him like you know don't get hurt yeah uh, and it, it's like you know it, it, one can one in the moment doesn't necessarily think about oh well something bad's gonna happen to him right yeah but then something bad does happen to him and you're like oh that's why she said that and i bet you if we if we rewatch the episodes we're gonna find even more of those moments where just like, yeah, I guess you, you were really giving me, giving us a chance to say goodbye to tech here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the season ends and and everyone is separated. Really, I mean, Omega is with uh, Crosshair. Um, and, Wrecker, and with uh, and uh, her yeah. her sister, uh, whose name uh, <laughs> escapes me. Do you remember is what her name was? Is it Emery? Emery. Is her? Emery. It started with an E. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think I, I have her name written down here. Uh, by yeah, the way. Emery. Emery Carr. By the way, I called it. By the way, I called it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should we should go back and find that. I don't know if it was in a podcast or if it was in a live reaction. I think it was a podcast mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, that Emery looks a lot like a clone. And it's right. funny because she also has this like Australian sounding right, voice. Yeah. Right. And, I think uh, that's what gave it away like when I first heard her. I'm like that's a little bit too I mean you you got nose. the emp- yeah, you got the empire who kind of all have that British accent. You've got all the clones that obviously sound like the actor um uh, <laughs> D Bradley Baker at some at some point. And then you've kind of got and you've got Omega who I think is voiced by I think her name's Michelle Ong, I think. Who has you know is from New Zealand, I believe, and so she has that accent, and mm-hmm. then just one other person that actually has the Australian <laughs> New Zealand accent. I'm like, 
kind of makes sense, you know. Um, yeah. And I thought I was grasping for straws there, but I think I think we nailed it. I think yeah. So it it seems like she might be another piece to all of this um, coming into the next season, which which is exciting because obviously she's already in on everything. Yeah. Um, it she, begs the question: you know, Why is she working for the Empire? Right. Right. So yeah. So we. we just like just like Mandalorian kind of left questions at the end of the episode, they left that question for us at the end of the season. So um, we know that they just like you said, they're separate, and we kind of called it too. Also, where somehow, some way, um, Omega was going to be captured, and now they're going to have to go find her. And the way Hunter says it, I loved it. He's just like, "We got to get her. This is it. We're not, you know, we're going to find her." You know. Uh, they almost went Liam Neeson on him. I mean, that's kind of what I was <laughs> expecting, <laughs> you know, a certain set, set of skills. What know? I do so have, I think... yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but you're still wrong about the um, there being too much Star Wars out there, Liam. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Liam, but your Star Wars takes, they, they're, a little, they're a little cold. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I want... I don't want the next season to feel... It's going to feel weird when Crosshair, like, almost assumes, like, not the place of tech, because they obviously have very different roles, but I would hope mm-hmm. that the Bad Batch gets back to being, like, five strong at some point in the third season. Um, Just going to be weird with without having tech there. Right. <laughs> um, and, then, and then, of course, the other thing, and the major reason why I think I loved the Bad Batch episode, and I liked it more than the Mando episode, uh, was that it, it feels like it's leading more, like leading, solidly leading somewhere where you can be like, oh, I see where they're going with this. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was confirmed like 100% for the first time. Like we already kind of knew what they were going to be using the cloning for. But Hemlock in this episode like straight up says like Emperor Palpatine, you know, like needs this cloning technology. This is of the utmost importance, or something to that effect. So, um, so that was pretty big in terms of the episode, but also just, I, I, the other thought I have with the whole cloning stuff, and I hope they don't, they don't go this direction on purpose. I don't want them to do the whole like cloning, like explaining cloning and like Palpatine cloning himself, as an explanation. For the mistakes of the sequels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think that's the direction they're going. No, I don't think so either, yeah. But but it's it, there, is a, there is a world where, <laughs> like, the only long-term right. explanation of cloning that we get from Bad Batch, however many more seasons we get of it, is that, well, it's because Palpatine was wanting to clone himself. Like, I'm I, 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 shocked that they've taken this approach, and I'm glad they did. But if that's, like, all that it is, I'll be, like, a little bit disappointed, I will say. Right. But, you know, kind of what you were saying before, the the way that they ended this season, um, as strong as they did, I don't think you wrapped this up in one more season. (laughs) Right. Well, especially if you have filler episodes next season like you did this season. Well, but, but it gives you an opportunity to explore a lot more now you know what kind of where they because this they could have easily made bad batch just kind of a fun side project you know of you know this is what's happening with the clones and that was kind of it i think that's what people thought it was gonna be yeah 
right? And I mean, because I knew I knew Bad Batch existed, um, at least the storyline or something before the Bad Batch series had you know actually been announced. So I, I knew that it, that was part of it. And they they really could have just said, well, you, this is what the fans want, so this is this is what it is. But now that you've once again interwoven like huge plot lines from you know from the the you know the the movie franchise and kind of maybe even stuff like other like Mandalorian I mean we're we're getting a lot of cloning stuff in there as well you know with um with Pershing and all this stuff and you know what they're going to do with Grogu and so I mean there there's definitely I'm waiting for, and I was telling my buddy this. I'm waiting for like an adult Omega to show up in Mandalorian, just like <laughs> out of nowhere, so cool, dude. <laughs> you know, because um, it just it if 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 something like that would happen, that would just blow our minds. But yeah, but once again, like you 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 have to watch like everything. I think I think this is this is where we yeah. are now. Do you think that's that dangerous though? Like the Marvelization of Star Wars now, where it feels like almost you... overwhelming. I like I like the marvelization. That's a good uh, that's a good term. Um, <laughs> it can be um, because somebody who's just coming in fresh and new. Because you always want new fans, right? Yeah. You always want to bring in the young the the younger fans. You want to you know bring people in who don't know much about Star Wars. Um, before all they needed to watch were the movies, right? What's that? Nine, you know, you know. Three movies, six movies, nine movies. It wasn't that big a deal. Now you've got to watch like whatever, whatever it was. It's seven seasons of Clone Wars. You got to watch, you know, the Co- Kenobi Rebels, series. You Kenobi, got Rebels, yeah. Rogue One, Solo, Bad right. Batch. So, so now it's becoming overwhelming, you know, like you said. So as far as the the health of Star Wars, for the fans that have been there, that have consumed all of this, it's great. But as a new fan, it could either be like, this is incredible. Look at all this stuff I could read. This is all the stuff I could watch. Or be like, this is way too much. I can't, I can't even keep up with a <laughs> weekly show, you know, not let alone two, you know. Right. So I, I think that's important, too, like when you are introducing it to someone new, Star Wars, I mean, that I think I don't even think you mentioned the other stuff. Like if they've if they're coming in cold turkey and are, have literally never seen any Star Wars. I mean, you just tell them, you know, hey, it's these, if, if you want to be like really old school, it's these three movies. Let's see what you think. And then, you know, oh, you liked those three? Here, these three actually come before <laughs> these three that we just watched. Right, yeah. Then there's three then more, but it. we don't have to, yeah, we don't. <laughs> and, and you're done. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, but I mean, you got to start from somewhere. And, and I think if you just, you know, dip a toe in the pool. And then if the water feels good, you're like, hey, let's let's maybe go for a swim. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That was a really oh. kind of cheesy analogy, but you get. No, oh, but I, I get what point. Yeah. And because, <laughs> I mean, that's what they want. They want to continually bring in new fans. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the, the point of any franchise. Um, but I, I think with what, you know, you kind of mentioned Marvel, you know, tongue in cheek. But honestly, this is kind of the norm now. You know, this is, you know, they right. Marvel has kind of made this, you know, maybe World not building. the norm, maybe not the norm, but definitely a possibility of where if 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 your franchise has the money, pump out all the content. And I mean, and we didn't even talk about books. We didn't even talk about comic books or right. anything like that. I mean, they're, they're, it's everywhere, you know. So it it could definitely be overwhelming. I I'm I am trying to 
now and you know got video games you know stuff like that too mm-hmm. and um i'm trying to keep up as much as i can but knowing my my backlog of books are just rising higher and higher every <laughs> month you know uh but you know you you, you only do as much as you can so yeah. um I, I i so i think it can be bad it can be bad um for new fans but hopefully they you know hopefully they make it make along for the ride and because the i mean if they do you know latch in and you know actually do it and watch everything they're gonna they're gonna have fun yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a great ride for anyone that hasn't uh hasn't taken that first step on that star wars journey i think i would say it's worth it i might be biased (laughs) yeah um overall yeah overall thoughts on i guess the whole season of bad batch maybe not just the last two episodes and 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 perhaps a grade for the episode as well yeah i the the season gave us a lot of high highs and low lows you know um the lows being like oh another mission episode from sid you know um and but some great moments the moments that you know we share and some of these like if i look go back now and watch the episode of hunter i mean not hunter but of tech and and omega kind of finally getting each other yeah that's gonna that's it's gonna hurt you know like it's different (laughs) it's different now you know and do we watch the whole season with that in mind knowing that tech doesn't make it out of the season and um so yeah if we you know if we do a rewatch you know maybe when season three comes out we'll do a rewatch of one and two and we can talk about it all over again and um but yeah just watching watching kind of the growth of omega the growth of the group um the road that crosshair has taken and really the clones and i mean it it ended up being such a great story um for the season you know we were a little bit worried early on because we weren't sure where the direction of things were going to go um i think we kind of nailed it though predicting that you know eventually they would come together but omega would be captured in some way so we kind of called that um but you kind of bring in this new element with Emery, the other clone that's kind of helping out the Empire and, you know, where she's going to fit in and everything. But, of course, the loss of tech, you know, kind of takes over for everything. But, so, as far as the season is, um, maybe there are a couple episodes we can drop and, like, you know, which never happened. Um, but, as a whole, it was it was a great season. And if if this goes on for two seasons, I can't believe I'm saying this early on in the in the season. I'm like, this is probably the second to last season, next season being the last. If this goes on for two seasons, they can can keep um, adding on more lore and more um, connection to the you know whether it's the prequels or sequels or uh, any other Star Wars uh, uh, um, stories. I think I think they would do a great justice to it. You know, they they've got a good cast there. They got a good writer, so I think they're going to do good. And so with that, you know, I I, I got to give uh, a plus this last couple episodes Ooh. because <laughs> I mean this is the bad batch curve again. But still, I mean this this was this was the ending that 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 I didn't know that we wanted. You know, this or uh, of course we want don't want tech to go, but. This was huge. This is was this is, they took they took some risks here, you know, with mm-hmm. with with um losing tech and yeah. essentially, you know, seeing the seeing the connection 
that connection gone now with Omega. So I think the it's uh it was good. That was my favorite episode by far. And um yeah, A plus. A plus, man. I mean, I certainly loved it and it has made me I think more excited. If you were to ask me today at the time of this recording on March thirtieth, two thousand and twenty-three, I think I'm more excited about the future of Bad Batch than I am the future of Mandalorian, as crazy as that is to say. I mean, I would not have said that four weeks ago. Uh, I might not have even said that like two weeks ago. And these last two episodes have really changed my my demeanor on the show, partially how Mando's going right now, but I think that's I think it's more a testament of how how drastically I feel like these ep- these last two episodes shifted the tone. And the focus of Bad Batch. I mean, we went from like, like completely unimportant pod racing episodes six weeks ago to to you know the, these past few where it's like literally life and death, and like we're dealing with characters grieving the loss of a character who was uh, very vital and important to the show, and, and most importantly from the perspective of Omega and how he, how she is handling that grief and. You know, moving forward, how her relationships are going to be with the other remaining members of the Bad Batch, and even this new clone, um, uh, Emery. That's also something that really piques my interest. I just, I, I feel more excited about Bad Batch than I do Mando right now. Um, I feel like that's probably a minority of people, but so having said that, A plus feels like like I, the grade I want to give it, but I guess I'll go A. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I don't know for me like if I'm given an A plus like I have to yeah, be yeah. just like absolutely floored I don't know if I would you and... weren't floored come on no no I loved it don't get me wrong but I think there there has to be something that happens in an episode it's just like knock my socks off like fall out of my seat and while the episode was great you know there was tons of surprises like you know, the critic stuff and just, you know, heartbreaking stuff that really makes you feel the emotion, like with tech, obviously. Uh, there wasn't something that happened where it was like, oh, I, I, you know, oh, Saw, we didn't mention Saw Guerrero. Oh, that was pretty right, cool. Right. Uh, but still, you know, I, I'll, I'll go A, but very, it was, it was very close. It, definitely the closest episode this season to an A. So fine. Loved it. <laughs> At the risk of, of going too much over an hour, because I think we are approaching that mark, we do have one last Bad Batch um, thing that we thought would be fun because this will be our last time covering the Bad Batch, presumably for a, a decent amount of time until uh, the third season comes out at, at, at a future point in time. We, bo- we don't really know when, but probably at least nine months from now, if not more than that. We have a very brief 10-question quiz to uh, to see which member of the Bad Batch we are. <laughs> and nice. Joey and I are going to take this quiz together. Uh, and then if you're watching on the video format of the podcast, we'll, we'll throw up our, uh, our results on the screen. But we'll, you know, we'll talk about our, the questions and, and the results at the end as we, go, as we go through. The first question of the quiz, how would your friends describe you Headstrong, meticulous, boisterous, innovative, courageous, or calculating. Do we want to say our answers or do we? I feel like we should probably. Or no, do you want to save them to the end? 
Uh, no, we could we could talk to like. Well, you could answer what you would answer, and then I would answer what okay, I answer. Okay. Okay. So, what would what your is, friends what is, describe? What is the definition of boisterous? boisterous. I, I think of like loud <laughs> when I think of yeah, boisterous. That's, that's kind of what I would I would think so too. Uh, I feel like I'm between. This is like this is like one of those self uh these like self psycholo- psychological quizzes where right. you're you're choosing but like am I really choosing what I really am because I'm yeah, it's right. like what I perceive I am. I went with courageous, I guess. I went with courageous, yeah. I'm gonna go with innovative. Okay. And by the way, for those of you listening along, we'll uh make this quiz available in the youtube description of this podcast episode if you want to take it yourself and see which bad batch member you are how would you describe yourself knowledgeable loyal dutiful methodical powerful or ambitious Mm -mm. Hmm. i think i'm gonna go loyal i will go loyal as well okay what if we end up being the same if i don't get crosshair by the way i'll be a little bit sad (laughs) Question number three out of ten. Oh. Pick something to eat for lunch. A fruit smoothie, popcorn, cob salad, jerky, pizza, or oatmeal. Bro, who eats who eats oatmeal for oatmeal lunch? Oatmeal for lunch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll uh, do like a bowl of oatmeal with, with some nice like cinnamon sugar for breakfast, but for man, breakfast for, for lunch. For lunch. Yeah. yeah. Do um, I want like a first. like a I'm solid good, lunch? Well, I'm I love pizza. I love popcorn. Popcorn is the only thing I get at the movie theater when I go to a movie. Oh, I mean, I don't know if I would eat it for lunch though. Yeah, but I think if I had a choice between just like eating any of these in general, I would pick popcorn. So I'm still gonna pick it. Okay, nice. Which which a Bad Batch character do you think you're gonna be? By the way, um, I think I'm gonna be Wrecker. Okay, I think I'm. I I'm hoping. And thinking I'm going to be Crosshair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what Star Wars animal would you want as a pet? A loath wolf? Ooh. A wart? I don't even know if I know what that is. W-O-R-R-T. Wart? Yeah. Ruby the Lizard. Tuka? Rancor? Or Kuhun? I don't even know oh, what two of these apparently, are. <laughs> apparently we're in... The good thing this isn't Star Wars trivia because we would be failing miserably. Yeah. A Kuhun is... Oh, it's that thing that in Attack of the Clones uh, uh, tries to... The little centipede thing that, that tries to kill Padme when she's sleeping in her bedroom. Oh, no. So no, I'm not I... picking that. <laughs> no. Okay. And and a wart is... What is a wart? Oh, this is the thing on Tatooine that I think was added in the special edition cutscenes oh, okay. of... Return of the Jedi, like the little thing that like shoots its tongue out and like catches the fly yeah, and then yes, burps. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it yeah, was okay. like George, why did you feel the need to put that in the special edition? Right. Yes. And I'm gonna go Loth Wolf. What's Tuka? A Tuka is. Let's see if we can find the answer to this. A Tuka is. Oh, this is that thing. What planet are these on? It's that feline species. Yeah. On the thal, on the thal. Yeah, I feel like this is very similar to a loath cat, loath, like a smaller cat, one. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Um, you said who? Uh, you said loath wolf. I, right? I went with the loath wolf just because I I love those things in Rebels, man. I'm I'm going for I'm going for rancor. Those are kind of cool. 
Yeah, that was a close <laughs> second. I got to be honest. Yeah, nice. Okay. Question five. What scares you? Disloyalty, heights, emotions, change, small spaces, or nothing? How is spiders not on here, by the way? <laughs> I know you love spiders. Oh, my gosh. Um, um, oh, this is tough, man. Disloyalty. What scares me? What scares me? I don't think disloyalty scares me. Right, same. I mean, no one likes disloyalty. I genuinely right. am not afraid of heights or small spaces. Okay. And I definitely wouldn't say I'm afraid of nothing. So that, may, that basically leaves me between emotions and change. I feel like I'm going to go change. Yeah. I'm going to go heights because <laughs> I'm scared okay. of heights. I just realized I picked change. I'm, I'm definitely getting crosshair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, pick a color. Oh. I, I See, these questions are so dumb to me. Black, green, yellow, purple, red, or blue. They don't have orange, dude? <laughs> oh, no. I'm going green. I'm going red. Go Bulls. All right. Go, go Celtics. Uh, which <laughs> clone is your favorite? They don't have crosshair. <laughs> well, they, it's probably, probably on purpose. Captain Rex. Have Hunter, though. Hunter. Fives, Commander Cody, Mayday, and Jesse. I mean... You know, it's Bad Batch, so I, I like I kind of want to pick Hunter, but how do you? I just I gotta pick Rex. Yeah, you can't not get Rex. Yep, I agree. Got it. Same thing. Question eight: How do you like to relax? Snowboarding, hiking, lifting weights, sailing, reading, or napping? Mm. I mean, some of these things I love doing, like snowboarding and, right. and hiking and but lifting weights. But to relax, weights. though, but to I'm not relax, relaxing though. when I'm doing them. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna yeah. go reading. I'm going napping. That was yeah, that was a close second. <laughs> yeah. Which Star Wars character oh. would you choose as your ally? Harrison Dula, B. Genoa, Gunji, oh. Rio Chuchi, Senator Chuchi. We love Senator Chuchi. Grand Moff Tarkin or Sid? <laughs> Sid. Sid. That I can sense. tell you which one we're not picking. <laughs> That's right. I'd rather have Tarkin as my ally than Sid. Nice. Uh, I'm. Do I go do I go Hera or do I go Ch Senator Chuchi? Mm. You know, I love Hera, but I, I hyped up Senator Chuchi so much while we were watching Bad Batch that I'll just I'll pick her. She's pretty I cool. can't I can't not pick Hera after I said that she was my favorite on International Women's Day, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta pick that's Hera. That's fair, that's fair. And then last but not least, before we find out which Bad Batch character we are, the last question is how do you approach a new task? Following my gut, strategizing, studying the data, charging in head first, using a carefully thought out plan, or good <laughs> soldiers follow orders. Don't pick the last one. Wonder, Don't pick the last one. <laughs> I wonder which one Crosshairs is. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, which one were you going to go with? Because I think I know what I'm going with. I kind of do charging in head first, honestly. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe you are a wrecker. Maybe. See, I feel like strategizing and using a carefully thought out plan are like almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's my dilemma right now. Uh I'll go with strategizing. Okay. Ooh, okay. Do we want to say you want to say what you got first, or do you want me to yeah. say what I got first? You go uh you go first. So much to my sadness, I did not get crosshair. But mm -hmm. 
I got Echo, which is, I think, if I was going to pick any other one that I think I would be, I, I think it might be Echo. So I guess nice. it makes sense. I am, I am Echo. Who are you? Uh, so much of my sadness, I was also not Wrecker. But Did we both get Echo? And are you Hunter? I was also Echo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Nice>. double Echo. <laughs> nice. Good thing we have a podcast together. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what if what if this whole quiz is just a sham and everyone that takes it gets echo? Yeah, right. We just got <laughs> we just got had. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you have taken this quiz, uh, let us know in the YouTube comments what yeah. your uh, what your person was. <laughs> Did everyone get echo? Did everyone get echo? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, let us know. Let us know. Any final thoughts, Joey, on Bad Batch, Mandalorian, anything Star Wars, anything in any regards? Bad Batch is must-see TV. I, don't, I can't believe we are here saying this now. After that podcast, or the podcast, the, the pod racing episode, I was really, really worried about where we were going with this. I was season. basically out, yeah. <laughs> um, but now to see where it's come... Um, it's uh it's a great show and I can't wait to see where it's headed. Mandalorian, we still got three more episodes left. I'm I still am excited to see what's going to happen. Uh lot lots of things to I mean, they didn't talk much about Gideon up until these last couple episodes, honestly. And um I'm expecting I'm expecting to hit for him to show up at some point. Um so yeah, I'm we're excited for that new new game coming out soon. May the fourth yep. coming up pretty soon. Oh, and also, um, celebration is it next week? I think it's next week. Yeah, next week. We are not. We won't be there, unfortunately. Maybe next year or, or in twenty twenty five. I mean, twenty twenty five. I think is the next one. So hopefully, live hot hangout podcast from Chicago, twenty twenty five. Yeah. What uh, what episode will that be? That would probably be episode uh. Two hundred and seventy-four. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's uh no. We're we are excited and to, to cover this. Thank you, thank you for the hundred subscriptions on YouTube. Um, it's uh we finally got there. So and we are inching closer to two hundred. <laughs> That's uh, thank right. Thank you all for thank you all for your support. We appreciate you guys. Definitely, I would like to echo Joey's sentiments. Haha. That's like probably my nice. fourth of this podcast episode i am i am on fire today <laughs> yes well uh we're gonna miss talking and breaking down the bad batch but we've got three more weeks of mando so we're really excited for that stay tuned for uh not only more podcast episodes every single thursday morning uh but as well as some live reactions to these mandalorian episodes again it's hard to believe we only have three more but hopefully they are uh fantastic we're looking forward to watching those, live reacting, and then breaking them down afterwards as well. Lots to be excited in the Star Wars universe. It's going to be a blast discussing it all in the coming weeks. We got a busy next six or seven couple of weeks in terms of Star Wars, and I'm looking forward to covering all of it here with you, Joey, on the Hoth Hangout channel. Uh, thanks again for 100 subscribers. Appreciate each and every single one of you. And may the force be with you.